drive in the trap. This is <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like and subscribe, you gotta show me. I applied pressure and they tried to reject it. Clearly, ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it. Might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'ma call it South Harmon. Huh. Fly down south and get the south popping. <laughs> One day, I'ma give you a walkthrough and introduce you to this walk too. <laughs> I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, nicked on my dynasty stop Till I came back like Wimbyama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the beard, and they used to love the goatee That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88 December 87, that was 16 days away. Might fly to Dallas, why not? I just got paid today. When I land this dirt statue, I came to fade away. Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play. My life a Patreon link, you gotta pay to play. I, I worked 16 hours, boy, that's an 88. X Factor like this, Brian, my boy 88. Why dream light when you living like a heavyweight? This ain't a one-week thing, we grind like every day. They know my destination, Devi, like I hang with Ray. If they ain't know my name, I bet they know my name today. Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. Drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day. And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way. They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm layaway. Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way. Huh? Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Hit that Patreon link if you're here to stay. Huh? Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. <laughs> Welcome back in to another episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. You can't see, some of you can on YouTube, but if you can't see, the big man's not here. Mike's not here, no McNutted. And uh, he said I could say this, so we upgrade. Let me upgrade you. Koopa Troopa on his first episode of 4D Chess. Koopa, how you doing? We're excited. Um, a warp is live. A lot to talk about. Appreciate you hopping on, man. I know Mike's gonna say that anybody's an upgrade, but uh, I I think it's hard to to find anybody that could even be considered an upgrade from Mike. So I'm just just happy to be here and uh, fill his shoes as best I can. Well, uh, that was put very nicely by you. I'll, I'll give you credit there. That was well well said as far as the the niceness and uh, Koopa. You know. Listen, Koopa's become a little more of a savage uh, these days. He may not show you here on this podcast, but the Dynasty swagger, the way he carries himself, and all the upgrades to the warp tool. So, Koopa, before we get into stuff here, I just wanted to ask you um, if you could kind of concisely for everybody that's listening, shout out to your warp tool and 
um, everything is doing to help people with their dynasty squads. Quickly though, with the release of A Warp, can you let people know the difference in a concise manner of what is A Warp, what is Warp, what are the differences, and why is A Warp important? So I'm gonna come all the way back to what is Warp. Warp is we're looking at the value of a player over the replacement player. So if you've it, and that replacement player is the best player that would not have made your lineup in an ideal world. So in the case of say a a, a normal like a start one quarterback, it's going to be quarterback thirteen every single week. Now, the the difference between the number one and that number thirteen that's going to be the the positive warp value. And if you're worse than thirteen, you're going to get negative. What changes with a warp? is instead of taking every single quarterback in the league so we're uh, so on a on a in a normal warp run what i'm calling true warp is you take every quarterback so all like uh, however many are on rosters is going to be like 96 this year because every team's going to have three of them um and you use uh, you use every single one of those quarterbacks to determine who's going to be in that top group now in, with a warp, what we're going to do is we're going to only count the a top grouping, and the replacement player is only going to come out of that top group. And so it's going to adjust based off of I have some different efficiency settings, but usually it's going to be around like only the top fifteen started quarterbacks on the week. Yeah. And so it's not going to be the fifteen best; it's just going to be the fifteen most started. And so then that replacement level quarterback is going to is going to be a lot worse than than you're than you're expecting, and it's the same thing at running back, wide receiver, tight end, and so that warp difference is going to change week to week as a result. Well said, I like it. Um, and a-, a warp is a thing that's going to change and matter a lot more for people in lineup leagues, or just if you're in both in your lineup leagues, as opposed to in best ball, it's not really going to change a whole lot. I think Koopa might have froze. Um, hopefully we get him back. Anyway, um, so yeah, the, the A-Warp tool, and well, it's the Warp tool with A-Warp has been awesome. Um, DB's in the house. We got Fizzle in the house. Robo Chris here. Uh, patrons with the opportunity to watch live. So um, real excited for this. And with the Warp tool going to A-Warp, it, it's kind of opened my eyes and other people's eyes as far as positions that matter. Um, we're hoping that Koopa will get back with us right now. It's just me live. Oh, here he is. Let's see. Koopa, did we lose you? We got you back now? Yep, I'm back now. All, good. All right, good. I was just going to say it's kind of opened our eyes. Um, as far as certain positions that may or may not matter quite as much, um, I don't want to make the whole episode about this, but is there anything that you've seen since looking at the A-Warp data that really makes you say, like this is something I want to change my approach with um, after looking at this data. Well, so we did that uh, live stream when we first launched it, and I talked about how I did not want any tight ends at all, and that very much still stands. Um, so I have so in a lineup league where you don't have any tight end premium or an extremely low tight end premium, mm-hmm. I am selling. Any tight end whose name is not Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Okay, and what, and just um, to clarify, what is the tight end premium that 
like would be the threshold for this? Obviously, no tight end premium. Um, you said, but it, like, what what's a low tight end premium look like? You're going. It, you're going to need your tight ends to be getting at least 1.75 points per catch, if not two. Like, I haven't really delved into exactly whether 1.75 is even enough. I know two is enough, at least for me to start considering, okay, let me hold some of these more tight ends. Yeah, okay, um, that makes sense. I, th- I, think, also... I think 1.75 is where you could start to caveat. And two, like you said, is definitely for me where the position changes now. And you also have to consider the the market value of the players as well. And so sometimes if you're in an extremely high tight end premium league, the tight ends are still going to be valued a ton. And if you're looking at maybe the difference between tight end 12 and tight end 24, like maybe that difference should not be as big as it might be valued in your league. And so that's where we always have to come back to warp is a statistical best case, evenly distributed scenario. Whereas your league might have some market dynamics, whether one team's really strong compared to others, whether it's just 12 people who think differently and don't use the warp tool. And you're the only one that does like there's, there's market dynamics that you have to actually still take advantage of. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. Um, So interesting because i was i was kind of curious that was where i was going to go i think if you're in a league that's uh whether the tight end premium is 1.5 1.25 or it's it's negligible let's call it right and you want to pivot off of these tight ends and let's say this has been something that kind of opens your eyes so realistically you've probably been rostering four five maybe even upwards of that right of tight ends that you think might have some dynasty value and let's say you decide you want to liquidate i think one of, one of the things in this approach and let's acknowledge that the reason we're talking about this is the warp data basically tells you that with a warp unless you have one of the tight ends that's really really high what you're gaining probably in the market value of this tight end versus what their warp actually is giving you in a warp it doesn't make sense to keep that dynasty value at the tight end position given the warp data that's really what the reason that we kind of come to this conclusion and I tend to agree, and I think the the only thing that I'll I'll pivot and caveat with is there's going to be tight ends that you may want to liquidate as a process, right? So you, if you go in with five or six, and let's say you want to get really, you want to get down to one is what we we're kind of seeing. Now, you don't necessarily only have to roster one, but you want to liquidate the value of all these dynasty tight ends that you have. The, the one thing I will, like, make sure everybody pause on is don't – I don't – I just – Personally, I, I will not be liquidating all of them just to do it. Now, I want to, but I want to make sure that I'm, I don't, I don't have to get full market value, let's say, but I don't want to just liquidate them for either picks that are like inconsequential or that I'm giving up tremendous amounts of market value to liquidate right now today. I think that's one of the things that I kind of wanted to touch on. And I don't know if you had any thoughts in particular on that specific lens of the kind of the liquidating too many tight ends and a premium in a league that doesn't give enough premium to that position. Well, let me me just give an example here. So I had a league where it was half PPR, no tight end premium. Mm -hmm. And I ended up where, uh, when I was doing that A-Warp show, um, right afterwards I checked this roster and I had six tight ends on it. Now, none of them were were great. I think my my top tight ends was a toss-up between... 
uh, Jawan Johnson and Hunter Henry and Gerald Everett in terms of like dynasty value. I had those guys as like the core of my uh, of my squad. Yeah. And one thing I noticed was in this league, um, we only had draft picks that went down to thirds. Okay. So what I did was I went on, made an auto accept trade block for every single of my tight ends. I said any draft pick, and went to bed. Woke up the following morning. What did I have? I had, I had five different offers for four of the tight ends, where it was people offering me random third round picks. Hmm. And so I just went. I sold all the tight ends that I got the third round picks for, and so now I'm left with two. One of them is. Uh, is Tyler Conklin, and uh, I, f- I forget who the other one is, but I'm a, I'm now rolling in the season with just two tight ends, and I got myself four extra thirds. Okay. Now, I'm also rebuilding in this league, so I'm probably not going to even be spending those thirds on running backs. Right. But what I can do is use those thirds to, at some point in the season, uh, all, these pl- all these speculative players that have been stashing the this good like dynasty rebuilding discipline where you're trying to find the people that are going to be able to be sold later for value i'll attach a third onto that player or maybe even two thirds and get myself a second because at that point is the second actually worth something but right now the these thirds that i have it looks like oh i i essentially traded these tight ends for nothing except for just something slightly liquid but now I actually have something I can use to turn into something of value. Yeah, I, I get that. I like that. I mean, I, I think um, at the third round price, especially you said this is non-tight end premium, right? Correct. Yeah, so non-tight end premium. Now, the third round picks may not be the best if you were to sit there and, like you said, shoot your shot on all these in the actual draft. But you don't necessarily have to utilize them that way. Like, in that scenario, I could probably see it, um, depending on what level the tight ends are. Because I think the reality is, in that type of a format, I don't know how many people are, and you would know this better than, than myself, or a- anyone when you're thinking about this for your league, how many times do you see tight ends in a non-tight end premium league like this actually get moved for seconds? So, realistically, if that answer is very low or very little, or you have to sell them at the perfect opportune time coming off of a spike week or something, you're not really you're not really, like you're not hemorrhaging any value here, right? You're not, by, by doing it now, you're probably getting close to the max anyway. My thing would be more so in, let's say, like a, not not necessarily non-Titan Premium, but let's call it a, you know, 1.5 Titan Premium League, right? Like in that type of a format, you'll probably see Cole Komets of the world. Um, even sometimes if the right week comes around, a Gerald Everett type, those guys might even go for a second round pick. So in those type of a form, in that type of a format, I don't want to just say, hey, I don't think many of these tight ends matter, so I'm just going to sell for fourths or thirds right this moment. Now, here and there, like to get the process going, maybe you take a third for some of them. But what I don't want to do is just sell light, very light relative to what I think the market value is in order to get this process done, even though I do want to liquidate. So you may have to look at other ways to make this happen. For example, packaging some of these tight ends into a bigger deal. Someone get, needs a tight end, they get it as a part of a bigger deal where you're actually extracting closer to a second round in value or getting your roster construction off of all these tight ends and more into how you want your team to be rostered, which is ultimately the point here. One last thing, I don't know how much we covered this. So I just want to make sure for everyone listening, if this is the first time you heard this, we are not advocating that you need to get off of Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, the, the types that could be 
positional difference makers. Kyle Pitts becomes a different story because right now his warp is not great. If you think it's going to be, we're having a different combo. Maybe you, if you believe in, in Kyle Pitts to be a difference maker at the position, maybe that's one that would be different. But by and large, unless you think they're elite, elite points per game scores, warp difference makers, you're just better off getting rid of that dynasty value, appropriating it elsewhere on your team in your roster construction, and just rolling with a tight end that's a body that's going to give you someone where you can say, I'm starting this player every single week, week in and week out. Even if it's gross, even if it's disgusting, that's kind of the process that we've talked about here with A-Warp. Uh, anything else other than that, that tight end topic, Koopa, where um, A-Warp's even, either opened your eyes or some things that you saw with A-Warp that makes a little more sense to you once you kind of really had a chance to digest the data? One last thing that I want to talk about with this uh, tight end idea of is it doesn't necessarily have to be the same guy every single week. Um, one... One thing that I am looking at doing for this season is looking at snap rates and how many times a tight end is on the field in a passing play. And so this is where you can shout out PFF for all the collection that they do for how often players are on the field, what kinds of plays they're on the field for, how many routes they're running, all that kind of stuff. Um, it. I'm going to probably be looking at, okay, what tight ends are on waivers that this past week they ran a bunch of routes. Maybe the team is transitioning from one tight end to another, and I can jump on that a little early and use that guy as my starter for this week. I don't need to choose who I had week one and just use him every single week of the season. And so making smart plays like that where rather than waiting for the fantasy points, putting it, it's the same idea as the any running back on a 53 strategy. You know when, a, when to start a running back because the starters hurt. And so you are forced to put him in your lineup at, at that time, and you aren't trying to make a decision between them and some uh, RB2 who's been kind of having a down season and you end up like getting similar points out of him, or even that guy on his one week go launches himself into stardom for one, maybe two weeks. You do the same thing at tight end. Who's that guy that is getting the opportunity? And now let's plug him in. And if it works out, it works out. If you don't, if it doesn't work out, you it wasn't going to work out for you anyway. So there's not really any downside that you're getting there. Interesting. I think I I understand the um the concept and the principle and like I I would say I don't really disagree in in totality. I think though the one thing to ca I would caution anyone that wants to do this and try it, not that this is not the correct approach for it, but there's going to be times where you see a snap share pretty good and that this is a guy that's just out there blocking and not necessarily pass catching or getting many opportunities to catch the ball. So I do think like I would just say this to be cognizant of which ones you're putting into your actual lineup. And obviously you just want, you want the best chance, no matter what the value is of the dynasty player to have points scored. So, um, you know, the point here is that you're, you're looking for someone that's going to be on the field as much as possible. And it's going to have an opportunity to catch the football. And a lot of the tight end position, that's not the top, three, four, five guys, it's random when they really score points that matter. So you're just hoping really to keep up as best as possible 
to the other tight ends where people are actually storing their dynasty value and then you're beating them handily at the other positions that's the whole idea behind this too so um anyway uh i, I get what you're i get what you're saying really really try to almost extract as much as you can that doesn't cost actual dynasty assets outside of maybe fab money um at the tight end position and just continue to throw that weekly at the uh, at the position so um what I want to get into too here, Koopa, is given all this information we have between warp and a warp. Um, now we have the final, you know, fifty-three man roster cuts. So, are are there guys that you've kind of taken a look at, or people on certain teams, whether that's best ball lineup, maybe there's got going to be guys that fit the bill in one format or not the other. Um, but are are there guys in either best ball or lineup that you're kind of looking at, given the new information we have, not just between a warp and warp, but the roster cut downs and what we're looking at currently with you know nfl is literally starting a week from today we're recording this thursday if you listen to this on friday it's under a week away so kind of fine-tuning your teams is there any anybody that fits the bill for you on either one of those dynasty uh best ball or lineup leagues best ball i've got some interesting things that i've been looking at um, so the Miami tight end room was very surprising that they only kept two tight ends. Um, I think if I heard right, they did sign Tanner Connor. So they do have a third one now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a brief couple days there, they only had uh, Durham Smythe and uh, I think his name is Justin Hill. Yep. Um, and I had never heard of Justin Hill before. So I was like, who is this guy? How did he make the roster as the number two? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's something that I'm looking at for some of those high tight end premium, really deep best ball rosters of just who was who is this guy? Is he going to be on the field? Because we know that Smythe is not a pass catcher like Smythe is a blocker. So somebody else is going right. to be that tight end out there on the passing downs. Yep. And so Ju- trying Julian, to Julian Hill, I believe his name is right. Julian, Julian Hill. Hill. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, did, I know very little about him, but I was like, hey, I might as well take a shot here okay. on some of these really deep rosters. And okay. then the other place to look is those teams that that kept a few more wide receivers than you expected. Um, so we kind of expected that, okay, the Giants are going to, to keep a bunch of wide receivers. But look at who all those names are and try to piece through, okay, which ones... Um, it, now that we've seen the full preseason, seen how they've been playing in the pre, in the preseason games, which ones are still available in your league that you might be able to go grab off of waivers to fill some of those back end spots in your in your teams? Um, and then same thing uh, with the Atlanta receivers. I know we talk about Atlanta's not going to be doing much, but I it, from what I can tell. It looks like that their number three wide receiver very well might be Kaderil Hodge. Yeah. And that's a guy that is on a lot of waivers, unless you're in leagues with me because I picked him up. Mm, okay. And so if you've got best ball leagues, like you're looking for little things like that where, hey, what did, what guys survived and what which guys didn't? And is there something a team is saying about what they have kept? about where where you think somebody's going to slot into a team where they're going to have a surprise wide receiver three or wide receiver four role, depending on the, the past tendencies of the team. Obviously, I'm not advocating get the wide receiver four on Atlanta over, say, get the wide receiver four on Philly, but sure. you might want to 
look into, hey, which of those guys have are still sitting on your waivers? And so one one thing that I would recommend doing is take the two and a half hours, go through America's game with Scott and Eric, yep. and and have your sleeper app open. And every player that they're talking about wanting that's not an obvious starter, favorite them in the sleeper app. Because then what you can do is you can go to every one of your leagues, go to the available players, sort by the favorites, and then and then just look at who's the best players that are unowned that Scott and Eric said you should be interested in these guys. I like it a and lot. As I did that myself Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday before America's game was out. I probably spent six hours doing that. And now that you've got the pot out, you don't need to do that research yourself. Scott and Eric have it taken care of for you and just roll right through and use that to your advantage to get yourself the, the players for the back ends of your teams that you didn't have before and that nobody else had. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's and, and, and definitely keeping in mind what format you're in, right? Um, a guy like, let's say, Generic Prince, who ends up getting cut even though we weren't expecting that to be the case. Okay, they cut him, but they bring him back to the practice squad. You think about, you know, they only want, they didn't want to really have four on the active roster as far as running back goes. So you want to keep him in a lineup league. Like, there, there's not too many other running backs out there that are going to say, all right, I, I want him over Generic Prince. Or don't add, drop him, and then add a roster clogger wide receiver in a lineup format because Denaric Prince didn't make the active roster. There's plenty of opportunity for people in front of him, although we don't wish it, to catch an injury and then all of a sudden Denaric Prince maybe is in a high powered offense with a role. So um knowing that and where maybe in best ball leagues you don't really want to roster a guy like Denaric Prince. Um I think too, one one of the interesting things for me anyway, was that the Colts only kept three receivers. Given the NFL that we play in and we know and we watch, man. I mean, it's crazy to think there's only three receivers that they kept on this team. I know they brought some to I think practice they re-signed. Squad. Yeah. I think they re-signed McKenzie back on, right? They did. I think they're up to four. They did. But, but it's just to – obviously, they were feeling like they'd get McKenzie back. But still, it's a risk of when you drop him off the team, anyone can steal someone on the practice squad. or Like that was a claimable player for any team in the NFL. They only made sure they had three. Um, which I don't know what that necessarily means for each one of these guys, but in best ball, I think that means like, I want to have, I don't really want many other receivers, maybe McKenzie a little bit in deep, deep leagues where I got 35 type spots, but those three receivers in India are the ones that I want to have. And, um, after that, it's going to be, we'll see what the snap shares look like and how many they're playing on a, on a weekly basis. But that's pretty telling for a team that has a young quarterback, um, and, like who they're prioritizing keeping around him. So uh, w- that was one of the more, more interesting pieces of news that I saw. And I'm just thinking in a, in a league that's so pass happy, there's three receivers that they were prioritizing, making sure are on their team. That's wild. Yeah. And, and then you also have a similar thing going on in new England where they went one quarterback, two running backs. And I think they only kept four receivers. Maybe it was five. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't but, remember, but yeah, but looking at that backfield as well of okay who did they pull back onto the practice squad who are they rounding out that running back room with because with only two guys there one of them goes down somebody else 
is going to to come up and likely they're going to take somebody from the practice squad and activate them game day for the game because you don't want to run into the week with only two running backs on your on your active on your roster right so if i remember right kevin harris came back on the practice squad Mm -hmm. so don't necessarily if you're in a lineup league don't go out there and just start a lot of people have been dropping kevin harris shares so maybe go pick some of those up even though he isn't technically on the 53 because he's now the next guy up yeah definitely i think um you know i've seen especially in lineup leagues spots where you could pick up you know probably now on waivers Derek prince not going to cost you much kevin harris not going to cost you much uh miles gaskin ends up switching teams and now all of a sudden like i'm mildly interested just any running back on a 53 principal plus it's not going to cost you much on the waiver wire. So I've seen, and I've seen some people cut, you know, miles Gaskin cause they're thinking it's over for him. Um, and it could end up being, but I'm looking to churn those players on my roster at the bottom anyway. So if miles Gaskin ends up being someone that's I'm sitting on, sitting on nothing happens. He's, he's a happy cut candidate for me. I don't, I don't, if it doesn't, if nothing happens with, with the miles Gaskin type, that's fine. I wasn't expecting something to, but if there's some injuries, if Madison gets hurt, whatever whatever the case may be, all of a sudden Miles Gaskin is a, is a guy that I'm interested in. So um, I, I want to say too for best ball, that that's another thing to note. Like it's the opposite for me. So a Kevin Harris type, if you held out, if you were holding out any hope for Kevin Harris in best ball, like that's not the type of guy I want to roster in a best ball league anymore. If the team's telling me they're not even a priority to keep, you're probably going to get cut for me, and I'm looking at the gross options that are getting snap shares out there at whatever position they are and i'm going to continue to churn those i don't really have time to roster many of those i will say one thing that's un it's pretty unprecedented this offseason given what we thought was mike and i shared a lot of adam troutman love and basically were burned all the way every time with all of the adam troutman love i have some of them still but i cut a lot of them and adam troutman now is slated to be the number one tight end in denver i don't know what that even means if it's a role worth having but there's a ton of attrition to all the wide receivers. And it's just Adam Troutman could be one of those tight ends that catches a touchdown just because he's out there in best ball. I want to roster those guys. So I wish I had a couple of Adam Troutman's back, frankly, which is hard to, hard to believe I'm saying that before the season started. But uh, cause when he went to Denver and there was still Albert O and Greg Dolchich, I'm thinking it doesn't matter here. We are. He's the number one tight end. So that's one of the things in deep best ball leagues that like, it's, it's tough to give up on people, but, you ne- you never know who's going to be the one that gets an opportunity. Um, but when when you do see opportunity coming their way, those are the type of roster spots that you want to have for an Adam Adam Troutman versus keeping it on a running back or a receiver, somebody that supposedly has dynasty value that isn't seeing the field. Yeah, and and so we we are we always talk about hey in best ball, what do you want to do? The the running backs you know are going to. St- when they're going to score you points, but wide receivers and tight ends, you won't. So always make sure that you're doing the opposite of what we were just talking about earlier in the lineup league, Mm -hmm. where you want to invest in your running backs and then you can let wide receiver and tight end kind of flounder out a little bit because you can, you'll be able to find a couple guys that are going to, are going to make your lineup on random weeks. And so you just have to take those principles now before the season starts because the, right now is essentially your last time to fix your roster construction before we start getting into the craziness that is the, the actual NFL season. And so make sure you're going through um, 
one thing I, that I did when I was going through, I, I went to the warp tool and I pulled up in every single one of my leagues, what does the warp tool say my roster construction should be? Mm-hmm. And then I went to my league and I counted out how many of each position do I have? How close am I to what the warp tool says? And there's a couple leagues where I differentiated it a little bit. There's a, but in a lot of my leagues, I went, okay, I am short on two tight ends. I had one extra wide receiver and I had one extra quarterback. Well, let me drop this backup quarterback. Let me drop this uh, a wide receiver and pick up two tight ends. And I just did that and got myself into roster construction in every single one of my leagues. Or the leagues that I'm not matching it, I have a I have a reason why. And so it, this is your last chance to do that because now that we're in, now that we're coming up on the season, once we're in it, that's the last thing you're going to be paying attention to because you're going to be paying attention to what guy is now elevated because of injuries or because they the surprise came on the field and you're going to start you're going to start playing from that and you aren't going to have the time to go through everything and make sure that you're still where you want to be. Yep, I like that. Uh, all right, Koopa, I got a couple questions for you here. So one, have you made any trades recently? Um, well, that's that. That'll be a, just a question in and of itself. But then also, if you have, are they based on warp information? Are they based on like roster construction or someone that you think might have a better chance at warp than market currently says, or is it the opposite? Like, have you made any trades that you're kind of zigging off of the warp, let's say, because the market's too crazy on the other side? Like, you're playing in a league with a bunch of shitheads, let's say, and they're also leaning into the warp so my question one is have, have you made recent trades um if you have kind of what do they look like let's talk about some of the trades you made and then why you made them or what's the like what's the reasoning behind the mastermind of Koopa on some of these deals so uh, realistically the past couple of weeks i have not made anything outside of the selling random tight ends and lineup leaks okay um i've had some discussions with with, with some people um but it never really came to fruition, um, partially because I am at the I am attempting to zig to everyone's zag. Where in currently in all of our shit leaks, what is happening is everyone is making a huge push, and everyone's selling all of their picks. It is this last dash before the season starts, and so the thing that I am doing differently is I'm going. I know I'm competing but I don't want to sell my picks now. And I'm trying mm -hmm. to hold on to them as long as possible. Yeah. And so unfortunately it means in terms of actually completing trades, that's not happening for me. But I, I am still paying attention to, hey, what is everyone else doing? When I see a trade notification come in, I'm still looking at it, figuring out, okay, what does this mean for how many other teams are competing? How many are... Are, de are are tanking in my league and figuring out okay what is it that i i actually want to be doing here and where do i need to be to match up against everyone else makes sense yeah and i mean liquidity um is something that the warp tool doesn't talk about but absolutely does matter like truthfully in my roster construction of any of my teams now i will say there's exceptions um in best ball especially even in lineup but Right now, pr pretty much if I'm going to be getting rid of my picks, it's a best ball league that I feel like this team is just so star-studded 
that I can almost afford to take a little bit more of a risk because I feel extremely safe that it's going to be a late pick because it, it would need to be so much like catastrophe for this pick not to be late. That might be a scenario where I'm willing to sell my pick right away right now. Um, but a lot of times outside of that, if I'm not able to get that pick in a package to get something that's elite, not just elite in points per game and warp, but value insulated, more so like a draft pick will be, not necessarily the same thing where a draft pick's pretty much going to go up in value no matter what. Not all players will, but there's value retention already like built in to this market. That Those are the type of deals and assets I'm looking for if I'm going to send my first away right now. One of the big differences actually Mike and I learned the hard way last year, um, buying up Cam Akers or Antonio Gibson for what we think is a late first and finding out the hard way. One, those players were not even close to worth the first round pick. And then two, not all of them. A lot of them still were late, but some of them were not late. And that's when you really can uh, cause a bunch of damage to your dynasty teams. So, all right. So, so let me ask you this. Um, don't want to spoil the trade show too much, but I'm going to do a little bit of it anyway. Um, so I make a deal in one of my leagues recently. It's a lineup start nine. We're starting nine players. It's, you know, super flex, obviously. Uh, two receivers, two flex, two running backs, tight end, and then the two super flex spots. So I'm kind of leaning into more of the roster construction that we're thinking of in lineup. And I ended up basically leveraging my Jameer Gibbs share um, into Tyreek Hill. And it's a half PPR league. So like the warp actually has the running back still a little bit ahead of the receivers. So this one was kind of tough for me to do. Um, and it's not that I don't think Gibbs is going to, I think there's a scenario, maybe not quite this season, but Gibbs is going to be a complete difference maker at the position of running back. So it was hard for me to do that, but I'm leaning into the fact of, I think Tyreek Hill is, um, better on a contender one. And then two, like I just start him weekly unless there's an injury, unless there's something that happens and I can replace the two running back spots or the flex spots with other running backs that I have on my team that I continue to pick up on waivers or trade for. And I already have a decent amount of running backs. So my running back room still is Saquon Barkley, Cam Akers. Um, I have Antonio Gibson. I don't have like a ton of running back value now stored up, but I have enough bodies back behind them as well. I have a bunch of the rookies in this class, Tank Bixby, Roshan, Kendra, these types, right? Where if something does pop off there, I know I can start them when that time comes. So I'm curious your thoughts on that trade. And then, like in a format like that, let's say, let's let's kind of keep in that lens. It's a lineup start nine. It's a tight end premium, so it's half PPR, but it's only a full point um, per catch for a tight end. So it's not tight ends are elite difference makers, but um, but I do have Travis Kelsey. So just kind of curious your thoughts on that trade and um, your thoughts on a league like that where it's very shallow. The, the, the question I have for you is, do you have any other running backs behind uh, – it, like what, what's your number one running back now Saquon is my one acres is my two um I'm trying to think here I got I know I got Gibson as my three I have uh, maybe he's not in my three let's see so I got Bigsby Gibson um yeah th- those are the four and then I also have Roshan and Kendra so like weekly I'm going to be starting right now Saquon and Cam Akers until otherwise foreseen and- but I have other guys that are like more handcuffed types or wait and sees like I have a Ty Chandler I have a bunch of other running backs on this team but I don't have any right now that are like competing per se with a Akers or a 
Saquon as like, we're going to start you today. And I think that is totally fine then. And to have gone and get your Tyreek Hill, who is a true difference maker at the wide receiver position Mm -hmm. and gives as much as you want to say, he can be a true difference maker at the running back position. We haven't exactly seen that yet. Mm-hmm. And you still have a hammer at Saquon. You're, you're, you are going to be getting a lot of points out of the running back position. If your top running back um, was instead maybe Cam Akers, yeah. who were and still and a little bit Gibson iffier on at two, that, right? That's that's a little uh, that's a little harder to stomach. But is switching the value from the running back to the wide receiver where you are where you know that Tyreek Hill on a bad week is going to be probably getting you 10 points and on a good week he'll be in the 20s somewhere right like that's that's the kind of that's the kind of flip that you want to make even though the the warp says hey running back is a little bit better than this receiver you are you're looking at what is the difference between what I'm inserting into my lineup? And you have and, and you have that team built where, all right, I've got a ton of running backs here that when we get to the important weeks of week 10, week 11, week 12, and we're starting to push to playoffs and we get into playoffs, you now have the ammunition of backup running backs that you have a few of them that are going to be able to slot in. And you're you're making a health bet of Tyreek Hill versus Jameer Gibbs. And we know that position wise, you want to make the health bet on the wide receiver every time. And, and you're also going to that true, true difference maker. Like Tyreek Hill was wide receiver three last year. And, and we, we see the steepness of the warp curve when you're it, depending on your league, it might be the top six or the top 12 or something or something totally different. But we know that Tyreek is going to be on that steep part of the curve. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. As long as, as long as Tyreek's healthy and playing um, and we even saw he was more than fine uh, without even Tua playing right in some of those games. So my, my other thing too, with roster construction, right. And I wanted to talk about this, about the a warp because I do think this is one of the points for a warp for me anyway, that really helps almost, um, your mindset as far as the roster construction. It's still not perfect in my opinion. And you even, we put that on there. Take it with a grain of salt. It doesn't account for injuries in league markets and other, other dynamics, but the a warp roster construction says that I want to have 6.92. So let's just call it seven receivers, right? In this format, because you can start four and you got bye weeks and injuries that kind of it makes sense to account for. So after this trade, I now have Tyree Kill, I have Cooper Cup, I have AJ Brown, I have DJ Moore, I have Brandon Ayuk, I have Brandon Cooks. So I have six. I would like to have another one that I felt like was good enough, but I feel like I'm still in the range now of this roster construction that makes sense. And the running back says 5.08. I kind of take that with a grain of salt as well because I don't want to have five high-end asset running backs really but and I also want to have more than five when I account for just guys that can fill the lineup. So my thing was given how my running back room looked and my wide receiver room looked and how I want to play in this format. Like it, it was an uncomfortable trade for me in this regard, Koopa. And I think this is one of the points I wanted to make on this podcast with why I'm kind of deep diving this specific trade in this specific league. 
there's some leagues where, and some teams where you kind of feel like you want to have a little bit of a trampoline, somewhere to fall back, and you'll, you're going to get caught if things go wrong, right? So, like, for me, Gibbs is this kind of value-insulated asset where, like, for example, a Tyreek Hill, right? Like, I already have Cooper Cup now. <laughs> That's not looking the greatest all of a sudden, right, with his hamstring. Um, I have him. A.J. Brown, who's, I think, a little more value-protected, but getting older, right? And I have – my point is there, there's if – if a significant injury happens to a Tyreek Hill, if Cooper Cup ends up doing what happened last year, right – I don't have now the security. I do have some draft picks. I have two picks, one which projects early. So, like, I've learned some lessons and I'm trying to play this out. But I don't have this Jameer Gibbs type chip now that I can maybe trade later or that I can hold on to if things don't go right this season. And I think sometimes when we want to contend, we may have this idea of holding on to a little bit of that, too much of that, in the idea of, like, I want to make sure I'm good in two years from now or three years from now. But if you do too much of that, you may not focus on the, the prize at hand, winning currently. So it's a – in this league, I've always had a good team, but I've always had some protection in the future. And this just takes a little bit less of that value-insulated chest of assets that I'd like to have. And I'm leaning into trying to go win it right now, obviously. So um, I got Patrick Mahomes. I have Lamar Jackson. I have Travis Kelsey. I have the running backs we talked about, Saquon and Akers. I have uh, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, or Brandon Ayuk as my you know final flex. So like my team's ready to go. I have picks to buy stuff later, um, and we'll see what we'll see what happens. But I, I think it's kind of a learning lesson for me of it, it doesn't feel the greatest to not necessarily have these like protected high end young pieces. But sometimes you got to let go of some of those when you go to, when you're going to go try to win a title in a league that has a shallow roster like this, right? Every single one of your hammers matters a lot more in this type of a format. Exactly, and you want to make sure that when when you are going for it as well, that you aren't putting yourself in a position to flounder about at the bottom of the the stack of the good teams, like. And, and so making making that trade of, yeah, it's getting a little uncomfortable in terms of the dynasty market aspect. But if you throw value out the window and focus entirely on, I'm going to focus on this as a redraft mindset, because we've been talking about the, the dynasty is going towards a one-year game. And what do you do in a one-year game? You focus on a, a redraft mindset of, hey, I don't care about what the value is of any of these players a year from now. And I need to get players right now that have the upside if everything goes well. And Tyreek Hill is that. Jameer Gibbs is also that, but not quite at the same level as Tyreek Hill. Right. We, we, so, we don't know that he has the upside that Hill currently, we know, has that upside. We we could see it, but it's not guaranteed to happen this season. And 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 so you never know at this point in the year exactly what that's going to be. But you're trying to put yourself in the position where, hey, if everything goes right, I am going to be the number one team in this league. Yep. If you are trying to contend and you say and you say if everything goes right, I'm number three. That's not a good position to be in. You that that's almost more stuck in the middle than if you could say I am clearly number uh, number six because now you are attempting to contend with a team that you know can't contend 
Yeah. And definitely. so that's the that's the position you have to be putting yourself in now. And some of that is maybe, hey, I need to 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 really reevaluate am I competing this year? Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe that that team that isn't quite as strong of a contender or maybe there's just two or three teams in your league that are just so good that you have to recognize I'm I'm likely not going to beat these teams. Right. So the maybe distribution I should... of the players is a little bit out of line and you're like, man, my team just it needs too much to go right to really get into that market. Yeah. And and so uh, those are the kinds of leagues where you need to take a step back and evaluate, okay, do, should I not be focusing on uh, on competing even though I'm the fourth best team? And just focus on still doing value accumulation, waiting for my window to come, even though it feels like your window should be now. Man, that's a good point, man. Um, and I, I think here, here's the thing about that trade, though, that as tough as it was for me to make, the reason I ended up making it is like, see, a year ago, I would have been like, well, I'd rather send one of these first away. Maybe even one of these ones that projects early because it's Tyree Kill. I want to keep my Gibbs share, but here, here's the thing that I've kind of learned in, especially we're talking about this format specifically, uh, lineup start nine, let's say, okay. Yes. If all things hit right for Gibbs, like if all things actually hit right for Gibbs, you're talking about a, a stud, an absolute stud that could catch. I mean, he could lead, he could almost lead the NFL and in, in receptions for the running back position. And he could be at least in the conversation of that he could get a, enough work on the ground and be highly effective. Like there's a lot of traits given the draft capital for Gibbs to thrive, but there's also the situation where Montgomery's there and it's Campbell and it's still not quite enough touches and enough points to make him significantly different. And it's a running back that carries injury risk as much as we don't want to talk about it. So I'm almost better here holding this early first not almost. I am better off holding this early first unless everything hits right for Gibbs. In the range of outcomes for both, this early first or this what I think is an early first, That's even if it's more mid in the middle of the year, that's going to trade for something to somebody in this league. Jameer Gibbs gets hurt or Jameer Gibbs isn't playing well. I've already narrowed my market probably a little more so than just this treasure chest of what could be. This hopium guaranteed value insulated pick because it doesn't matter what happens to college players that picks going to go up in value so it's one of those things where I, I kind of know in the back of my mind I still have enough draft capital on this team to take care of some of the injuries that could come or things that could happen to a Cooper Cup a Tyree Kill if it doesn't go right and I'm I'm kind of anchored with the quarterbacks to protect myself from true catastrophe so that, that's that's kind of why I ended up making the deal, um, the ideas behind it. But I, I, I wanted to talk through a specific league, a specific trade, a specific idea, and what my goals are on this team. Um, and, and I know this may not be your specific league. You may not be in the lineup starting nine, but I want to start talking here and there some about specific leagues and markets that I'm playing in, leagues that I make trades in, why I did that, what the warp tool says, and kind of give a little more detailed context to people that may be in a similar league or it's slightly different, but maybe they, maybe they're not thinking about that league currently, but they play in one. I I want to start giving some more really high detailed context so that you're getting, you know, a a passenger side view right here 
what I'm doing in some of my leagues and how I'm utilizing a warp, a warp roster construction, all this stuff in different formats. Mike and I play a lot in best ball. It's not nearly as much in lineup, but I do still play in some lineups and I take them damn serious. They're all leagues that I care about. So, um, wanted to walk through that there, Koopa. Um, I, I'm kind of curious. I want to ask you this too, your portfolio now lineup, best ball. What are we looking at now? Like how, how much lineup, how much best ball, how many leagues are you currently in? And, um, like, how are you feeling about your portfolio as a whole? If we're just talking dynasty, um, I think I'm at five lineup and about 20 best balls. Um, Beautiful. and I do not plan on joining any more lineup dynasties. Me either. Um, it's one of those things where it's just like, I want to have my Sunday morning to myself. Yeah. I don't want to have to be spending two hours tr- crawling through, checking all these lineups, making sure they're all correct. And then five minutes before the game starts going, crap, somebody's, has somebody pulled a hammy during warmups? Now I've got to go find where I have them everywhere. That, that That's just what I love about best ball. Mm-hmm. And I like, uh, so in, I'm only looking to join best balls at this point. If it's not a best ball league, I'm just not joining it. And I might be looking to, to join a few more leagues uh, uh, come next year, but I don't think I'm doing any more before the season starts unless it is a league that just screams, I have to join this for one reason or another. Kind of like our new up and coming recent redraft only seasonal league, right? Uh, that we're getting ready to start with uh, South Harmon versus the executives, right? Yep, exactly like that. Yeah, I get you. Um, I'm with you too. I think, you know, for me, it's also, you know, I'm going to be with you guys. Uh, Mike and I are still going to be doing start sits every morning as well as our patron show. So it's like by the time we do that content and then we have like 10 minutes before to make sure there's nothing crazy that just happened. Like I set all my lineups before we do that. And then I may go through and I have 10 minutes to make any last minute adjustments. You know, someone got hurt. T Higgins isn't actually going to play. And then, oh, he ends up playing, but it's only for two snaps. Like I, I don't want to have this portfolio where that's causing me a bunch of stress. So um, I think I have seven lineup leagues and yeah, I'm definitely good with that amount um, of lineup leagues. So I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for a lot of the different stuff. But, you know, for for me, Koopa, it's this warp tool, the A-warp, all this data is, it's exciting for me because, and I think Fizzle put it in the chat, I'm ready to start seeing some of this warp info once we start getting real stats behind it. Now, we, we have real stats behind it. It's just, it's stale data. It's from 2022, right? And it's actionable. But what I'm really excited for, is when next time we're having this podcast, we have a game already out there. Now the warp data won't be updated by one game, but week one's data will be here before you know it. And then that'll be week four and four weeks of data is going to be there. And as the season goes along, this is what's going to be so interesting to me about the leagues I play in right now. Everyone listening, I don't know the type of leagues you play in and who's the, who's the crowd you're playing with. But I know for, 95% of my leagues, basically outside of the two home leagues, (laughs) everybody's going to be using this data. Like they're going to be using it like crazy. So what's really exciting is not just that it's going to be there, but to see how much people are leaning into it. Is there some leagues where I can actually get away with using this warp tool data and being like, all right, I'm winning the edges. Or is it going to be so crazy 
that I have to almost rethink and restructure. All right. Like I know because of this current warp data four weeks in this player on waivers ain't going to happen, but what can I do to almost like pivot? You know, what can I do to knowing that that type of stuff is going to happen? Where can I get value back? So it's going to be exciting to see how this plays out in my league specifically, knowing that damn near everybody's going to be using this and using it like to a high end degree in a lot of my leagues. So I think that's another thing to think about in all your leagues. Just because last year went a certain way doesn't mean your league mates won't adjust. Doesn't mean things won't look different. So I think you always got to be thinking a little bit ahead, a little bit 4D on warp tool, the data and how you're going to use it in your leagues. But when it's, when it's actual data for the 2023, uh, 2023 season, it's going to be very interesting to see how some of my leagues develop with kind of, kind of how much they lean into this tool. Cause for me, I'm, I'm pretty bought in now. I will say this. We had a, uh, we had someone comment last week on the show and listen, no, nobody here's ever said, maybe Koopa's said it in his mind, but outside of that, no one's ever said warp is everything. All right. It's a, it's a part of the process, a part of the repertoire and there's always give and take, but like, it's a big part for me. Like it's absolutely a part of the process that a lot of it confirms my priors, but where it's not, I'm changing and fine tuning my, my approach but it's not everything, man. It's not the only thing we use. And even in roster construction, a lot of it, we tell you, this isn't a perfect puzzle or perfect roadmap to how you win, but it should be a part of the process. So, um, Coop, appreciate you hopping on today, man. Any final thoughts or any things you're thinking about with, you know, 23 data coming, the warp tool, how are you going to make it work in certain leagues and formats? Um, the, the biggest thing to look at with the warp tool is to understand when we get that week one data. Hey, it is not, don't just look at it and go, man, this guy finished as quarterback one. I need to go grab a ton of them because it's still going to vary just like how the, the, you get variance. If you look at the, the, it's going to match exactly the point total results of week one. And we all know, hey, you don't just choose a player based off the results of one week. Now, some people might try to do that well, because they'll well, overreact. Yeah, right. Exactly. But try to hold yourself back from that. And even like when you get to week three, week four, there's still going to be a decent amount of variance that is going to be displayed in that data. And what you need to do is look into and figure out, okay, where it where are you not actually seeing variance and where are you seeing what you're expecting? And so maybe you look at, you look at a team and you go, Hey, the Steelers have settled into a 60, 40 split. Let's just, let's just pretend that's what happens with, with Najee and Jalen Warren. Cause that's not too outside the realms of possibility, but you look at the warp tool and you go, Hey, Najee Harris is still coming out in warp as running back 15. Like, okay, now that's something that is actionable where you can go, hey, Najee's acting like the running back 15, so I can value him there. And now you can try and make some trades um, it, and it maybe go pick up a, a couple shares in the right kinds of leagues or sell the, a, a couple shares in the right kinds of leagues, depending on what your scoring settings are, what whether it's lineup or best ball, all those sorts of things. And so... Those are the kinds of nuggets that you're going to be looking for. 
you aren't going to be trying to use it as a ranking system. You want to try to find the the right players where you can go, I can trust that what they have been doing is what they are going to continue to be doing and to use that as their actual warp value. Yeah, there, there's some good points here, actually. Uh, you know, before we get out of here, because I was kind of mentioning, like, we might get out, but Koopa, I just, you, you brought up some points I, I forgot I wanted to mention, and I'm glad you did. So, this brings up some points to me on a couple levels. One, week one, it's not an end-all, be-all, but there are some times where week one in waivers, especially in best ball, you might be able to get a player that, yeah, maybe we knew they were on the 53-man roster, but we're kind of not assuming that there's any type of production or role coming. In week one, sometimes when there's a sizable role, like there's something to be said about that where that makes it actually a really good claim because in best ball, for example, if there's a receiver out there, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, a la uh, Greg Dorch, right? Like all of a sudden this is a role we didn't expect to happen and he played well enough in one week. It's like, all right, like in best ball where I'm rostering 30, 35, this is actually probably a player that's worth adding to my room because I probably have some people that I need to get rid of anyway on the bottom of my bench. So there's there's stuff like that you can also use in, in one week of production and warp data, but primarily it's going to be more of the opposite, right? Where, for example, and I'm curious, Koopa, if this is going to be something you try to deploy or how this will work. But for me, I'm thinking, all right, because there might be some overreaction to some of this warp data, like I'm looking last year, week one comes out, right? And we have not seen football been played for basically seven months, right? And no, no football that's been fantasy relevant has been played for nine months. So it's overreaction season to a T. And Curtis Samuel's basically in certain leagues like Jalen Waddle after week one. Like, is that someone where you put them on the block or if someone's like interesting, you're sniffing around, you're like, all right, I want to sell this. I'm kind of curious um, if there is, you don't have to give away all your dirty secrets, but is there anything like that that you're looking to play edges on after a, a week or two? Or when you see something like that, are you, do you not have enough data to know even what you want to sell for with a player like that? Sometimes it's it, it what you're going to have to do is try to project. Hey, is is what I'm seeing what I expected, or is it um and something that I think is going to continue, or something that is so unexpected I don't see how it can continue. And so Curtis Samuel was one of those players last year where, at the beginning of the season. We were like, we were like, hey, we think this can continue, and so we kind of started sticking by him. And then we got to week four, and when he started looking at a lot of the peripheral uh, numbers, now all of a sudden it was like, ooh, I'm not sure whether this is going to be able to continue anymore. Like, uh, this was starting to get Carson Wentz was starting to fall off. You're starting to uh, starting to get uh, some of the shifting around in that wide receiver room in Washington, and so. Looking at uh, this is where we we talk about it, the, that person that said warp is everything. Warp is not everything. Warp is a data point that you can use in conjunction with other data to help you try and get the most complete picture of how much somebody is worth. 
and you still need to use your normal dynasty principles of, hey, let's look at what receivers are running the most routes. What is their target share? How much? How often are they getting yards after catch, or are they getting? Are they just getting their points off of totally busted plays and things like that, where you you're getting a full picture of what is what is this player going to do in future weeks and then how does that line up with my league you're muted adam good catch buddy good catch damn 4d chess coop was out here keeping me in line uh muted out here I, i'll say i like that though because i think in certain formats like in a, in a deep best ball league I, I'd sell Curtis Samuel, but I'll be like, man, I kind of found some gold here. So you're going to have to kick it up above a little bit above market, right? Not that I won't sell him, but like, don't just hit me with, you know, any late third because I may have a hard time now appropriating that pick into something that matters. You know, I, now I know I'm not going to probably get a second for him, but like, can you, can I get two thirds? Can I get, can I get something that's going to give me more than just the current probably market was before a week ago with Curtis Samuel? Um, and that's just a player from last year I'm using on the warp chart, just giving a, a one week idea here. Whereas in lineup leaks, if someone's sniffing around for my Curtis Samuel, you can have my Curtis Samuel, like, and, and not just happily, like you give me that third, you are doing me a favor. Like, cause if I end up having to rely on Curtis Samuel in my lineup as a staple, I've done it wrong. And roster constructions told me that everything's told me that Curtis Samuel ends up being the enigma for the whole season all right eggs on my face but if i do that over time as a whole process across all my leagues i'll be okay with the one or two that i mess up with curtis samuel so i think that's uh i think it's a really good point you know understanding your markets understanding what are people paying for those and which league are we in um t-rock comes in late like he always tries to do how does adam drink rebels at 11 o'clock at night well when you're doing content all the time and then you know I'll tell you this. I will sleep just fine. My daughter's keeping me up. Everything. I'm not sleeping. So the Red Bull is not doing anything but trying to keep me up and make sure I'm ready to give everybody the best 4D. Koopa, man, we appreciate your time. Um, actually, hold on. T-Rack has another question. After listening to all 25 hours of Mind Warped, uh, Warp has become everything. Anytime I eat food, see a baby smile, or take a dump, I ask, what is Warp? So... Maybe T Rock has a uh, burner account and drop that comment because he's one of the pers- one of the people that's saying warp is everything. Um, Cooper, we appreciate your time though, man. Um, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for talking through a warp warp. Some of the ideas that you have in your leagues. Let me ask you this uh, last question for you and for everyone on here for the data that's coming out throughout the year. What can we expect for the data? How will it? you know, be distributed as far as the the weeks go. So in this coming up week, we have the Chiefs and Lions on Thursday. We'll have Sunday night, or we'll have Sunday football all day, Sunday night football, Monday night football. Like what will the weeks look like for the warp tool? And then how, how can like people kind of prepare themselves to, if they are in a league that isn't, you know, a bunch of degenerates that all have the warp tool, like wh- where can they look to kind of take advantage of this throughout the week like what is that what is that going to look like for them typically so we're going to look at tuesday is um probably sometime in the afternoon or evening is when the 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 each the previous week's data is going to get rolled into the warp tool and that will just be for true warp 
a warp is still going to be outside that window um, for another day or two after that, because I still have to collect uh, all the rest of the data to make a warp um, work. And what you're the the biggest thing to know when you're looking at it is when we look at week one, how many players are going to be above replacement level is exactly how many roster spots you have. When we look at our full season of data, we see way more than the number of starting roster spots that you have because you have players that went positive one week and went only slightly negative the next and then went positive one week and slightly negative the next. And so you kind of get, you end up with, if you look at the uh, the total number of players that uh, that Warp has as positive over the course of the season, it's way more than one week. So just know that, hey, when you are looking at one week of data, two weeks of data, three weeks of data, it's going to be condensed way less than you're used to. And mm -hmm. it's not going to have as much of the, all those trailing flat areas that we talk about where, hey, this range, it's all flat. You don't care whether you have wide receiver 12 or wide receiver 24 because they're the same. Those aren't going to be as visible. There's going to be steeper lines in the first couple weeks of the year. And as the season goes on, it's going to flatten out. And so you just have to kind of train your mind a little bit to to figure out these sorts of things. And I encourage you to go, go to the warp tool and filter, go to 2022, filter down to just the first three weeks of the season. And just look at what that chart looks like compared to the full season. Just get yourself used to that sort of, that, that sort of thing and what you're going to be looking at. So that way you aren't caught completely off guard and doing the wrong thing and drawing the wrong conclusions. Love it. I love it, man. I love it. And, um, this is good stuff. This is good stuff because if you have warped your mind, if you are into the warp tool, it doesn't have to be everything, but it is a big piece. So, Koopa, I appreciate you walking us through all this. Appreciate you giving us the data for how we're going to use it, what to look for, what not to look for as the season kicks off. So, we appreciate your time, man, as always here on um, you know South Harmon. Koopa is a growing member of this. And, man, I'm, from when I met Koopa, you know, building the warp tool since then, coming on 4D chess for the first time, eloquently putting you know information in Matt Harmon's hands and just just watching Koopa I mean he's he's a savage now you know he, he's a, he's a true shithead so we appreciate you hopping on man and just remember when your league mates are playing chess play 40 chess we're out of this thing we'll see you back next week peace peace